Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan. I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how are you doing today? Hello, Paul. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I think we both have crazy days ahead of us, as we discussed, so we're starting this podcast a little earlier today, um, but I think we're both doing pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, we, we did we did a back-to-school episode last week, and I can say from, from our household, back-to-school has kicked in 100 <laughs> percent yeah we're, we're in there and in we're fact busy. we're fully in and we're actually not fully in because my daughter starts school on monday because of construction at her school so but today is going to be filled with following up and everything for my teen uh, including new sneakers uh, school supplies all the stuff we probably should have talked about last week but in any event um you know we're gonna we're gonna uh, get through our podcast today as we always do and and, and move on with the, with the families and and do whatever we do have to do needfully to get the job done as dads so yeah as, as we record this it's the first full week of september and uh we're gonna blink and it's gonna be december <laughs> exactly exactly so so good this is all good stuff though we wouldn't have it any other way um this podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances our hope is that we can provide our thoughts successes and mistakes and share them with all of you today we're going to discuss house buying and really focus on the non-financial side of home buying, right? Buying that first home or buying a second home and talking about the process of selection, the process of picking a realtor, the community that you live in, etc. cetera. Um, so my current situation, my current home that we live in, uh, we looked for a very long time, for almost a year, uh, back in 2004 is when we bought. I had to think for a minute. We bought in July of 04. Uh, we spent about a year prior looking for a new home, and we looked in all different areas uh, to try to find that home, different school systems. Our focus was primarily on school system. That was first and foremost, and then secondary was kind of the home in terms of its amenities. Uh, but location and schools were our, our big items, our big ticket items. So uh, when we were looking, we did settle on, a, I believe, a nice house. Um, I call it the utility house because it's very utilitarian, right? It, it is a house. It doesn't have a lot of character. But it, it'll get the job done. So it's the Chevy of homes, I think. So it's got your basic bathrooms and kitchens, and they were all recently renovated when we moved in. So we're we're pretty happy where we are, and we've made some additions to the home in terms of putting in a generator and putting a fence and some niceties that will make this the home that we'll probably stay in, um, probably stay in permanently at this point. Um, your mortgage is paid off. How are you not going to stay there? That, that's true. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. We, we, uh, when I bought the home, uh, like I said, we, our focus was schools and property and location. I, actually, I take that back. It was schools and location, not necessarily property. And I always thought that I'd have one more move in me, Jody, where we would move one more time in the same community, in the same school system, but get some of the punch list items that we were missing uh, from when we were uh, looking, right? So, um, for example, we don't have a fireplace, right? We would love to have a fireplace. I would love to have a fireplace. I would love to have some level of family room, which our, our home is not set up that way. And everyone says, well, you can add this, you could expand this. No, you can't, right? In my neighborhood, uh, one of the rules, and uh, we'll probably cover this in a home improvement episode, or we probably should have covered it when we did the home improvement episode, is you don't want to overbuild from the neighborhood either. So for us... Um, we don't want to put anything else into the house at this point. We just like to keep it up, keep it clean, keep it painted, keep it maintenance, whatever's needful to keep the everything going within it. Um, 
But when we were looking at the time, we actually had an option to buy a couple of more expensive homes. We were pre-approved by our mortgage uh, company, and of course, this was 04, so you know, uh, people who were making you know sub ten thousand dollars a year were getting pre-approved for half a million dollar mortgages. So it was you could get whatever you wanted back then. Um, so, but I'm glad we didn't buy the more expensive home. When I look back, there was one in particular. It was more money than the home I'm in now, but would have easily needed another $100,000 minimum of updates and repairs, which I probably wouldn't have been prepared for financially or mentally. Um, I don't know if I would have been able to get through all that. So we're happy on how we settled in. Um, and once again, schools were key for us. Location, location was key for us. Um, you know, and we always viewed it as a, a two-way door decision, um, which would be tough, but you could do it. So if you moved into a house and you didn't like it for whatever reason, um, you wind up getting those 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 um, stereotypical neighbors that blast the music of all hours of the night, et cetera, and you had to move. Um, it's always a two-way door decision where you could you could go through that door again and buy, but it would be expensive in terms of the costs and stuff. Um, and then getting back to the more expensive home, being by nature being risk adverse, I felt like it was a little bit too much to take on. And then in 2008, when uh, everything happened in terms of the financial crises, I'm so glad I bought the smaller home. And as Jody said, as you said, Jody, paid off the mortgage. So we're sitting okay. So I'm happy. I'm good. I'm good at this point. So Jody, what, what's your current situation with your home? I think you're better than good, Paul. I think you're doing great. Thank I wish you. I had my mortgage paid off. Uh, I don't. Thank you. I appreciate um, it, sir. Yeah, that's it's just that's incredible. That's a liberty. It's got to be a liberating feeling. It still is. Um, I think we'll have to do another podcast on it at some point, uh, just because it is such a great topic. And, and it was our first topic for those of you that um, were listening uh, or early on or started from the beginning, because that was probably the most important topic to me was was paying off that mortgage. For, for some reason, I got that into my head and I just frantically searched and found all kinds of documentation to prove my point not only to my wife but to myself the importance of paying off the mortgage but you know we'll jump into that in another podcast jody i, I interrupted let me hear your situation let's let, we'll, we'll jump into how uh you're doing with your home yeah well i think you know paying off the mortgage is important because and you talked about it in your comments just now paying off the mortgage is both you know a financial liberation but also an emotional liberation and i think that's what we want to talk about today is sort of the that double-edged sword of what a home is for everybody. It is a combination of a financial commitment and an emotional commitment. Um, people get very emotional about, and understandably so, they get very emotionally attached to where they live, the home that they live in, because it's your home, right? And that's understandable. Um, the downside of that is you can get trapped when you're searching for a home to buy uh, and we're specifically talking about buying here, not renting. Um, but renting, it can be similar. Um, when you're searching for that piece of real estate to buy, when you're searching for a home to buy, it's very easy, I think, when you find the right one after all that searching to become very emotionally attached to that. This is the one. This is it. Mm -hmm. I got to have this one. It's great. And I remember I'm on, you know, my situation is we're on house number two right now. Um, but I've also bought and sold two co-ops as well. So I've been at that closing table seven different times in my life. Um, and, and I remember the house before the one we're in now, um, which was the first house that I had bought. Uh, and, and my wife and I had bought together. Uh, first one we bought together. Um, 
it was a new construction house. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was everything I wanted. It was a big house, classic, you know, roof lines and windows and big family room with the fireplace and the mm-hmm. big kitchen and the granite counter. It was everything, right? Yeah. It was everything I'd ever dreamed of in a house. I remember driving by and it was a, it was a new construction house. I remember driving by when it was under construction when we had after we had the offer accepted and just sitting there and staring at it and like walking around and looking peering in the you know the windows to see how the construction was coming along getting extraordinarily emotionally attached to this house. It was the worst thing I ever did wow. because we took a financial bath on that house. It was such a disaster. The house itself was fine. Um, it was brand new. Everything worked totally cool. It was way too much house to buy. On top of that, we took a, uh, home equity loan to fix something up because even a brand new house is needs a lot of everything else. Mm -hmm. It needed landscaping. It needed, we didn't put in a sprinkler system, but it could have used one. It, we put on a deck. We did, you know, we paint cause everything, we painted the interior cause everything was, you know, standard builder white. Um, you know, a lot of stuff. And you, you can throw money at, a ha- at any house, whether it's a new house or whether it's a house that's 100 years old, and the house goes, give me more. Yeah, I totally um, agree. Houses eat money. And if you are emotionally attached to a house on top of that, you are <laughs> – you're walking into a disaster. You're walking into a total – it's a trap. We'll, we'll pull out a Star Wars line. Um, so just be super, super careful. I use a line often about certain things that I pulled from a, a very old movie um, about jobs, and, and I apply this to homes too, being like lobster pots, easier to get into than to get out of. Uh, and, and, I've, and I think it's true. So um, uh, you know, I'll, t- I'll turn it back to you, but the, Paul, but the, the, my, my first warning to any new home buyer is do not get emotionally attached to a piece of real estate because it will make you make decisions that you wouldn't otherwise make. Oh, fully agree, right? When we were looking at homes, we actually bought a condo together before we bought our home. So we bought and sold uh, a condo and then bought the home we're in now. And in both situations we had, going back to your point, um, you think everything is done like the house we moved into, the majority of the house was renovated um, except for one bathroom. But on top of that, we eventually did the bathroom, but it needed a screen door. It needed a fence around the yard because we wanted a fence. We put in a generator after Hurricane Sandy. So you're right. Once you're in, you think you're done. You're not done. Typically, you're not done, right? There's always going to be things that you're going to want to change or make different or add to the home to make it yours. And and I agree with you 100% with the emotional attachment. Um, You know, it's something that it's hard to not get emotionally attached, but you really have to detach yourself from the situation uh, because you could get caught up in the, in the, in the uh, emotion of it. Um, you know, I guess one of the things uh, to kind of focus on when we were kind of buying the house was the location. But one of the things we didn't do a, a good enough job of, and it's not a big, big deal, Jody, but I don't think we walked the neighborhood or I'm going to say looked up in the sky enough. And the reason why I say that is we, I think we're on a great street. We're on a cul-de-sac street. Um, and it, it has not been a big deal. But on our street, there's one multifamily house that's down the street. And I never noticed it until I bought the house. Like, we were done. And, and, and it's so funny because I never physically walked to the street before buying the house, which, is, which sounds crazy. But it was something that it was a lesson learned. Now, 
thankfully the house is very big it's very old it's it's very a good looking house i didn't realize it was a multifamily it was the only multifamily in a whole neighborhood of single family but it's never been an issue and at some point i'm a i'm guessing that it'll be sold and a builder will come in and knock it down and put three houses on that site but it was kind of like huh is that something that i make a mistake here right because i didn't look enough the other right. thing is that we live near an airport and the whole town um, is actually subject to this there's planes that fly over our town to go to westchester county airport and that was something i didn't realize until we were in so i thought i did everything i researched the schools to the nth degree i home inspections um all these different things that i did but i did not walk the neighborhood thoroughly enough and i did not look up in the sky um and i didn't realize that we had these planes overhead now it's not a big, big deal. There are other houses in the community that have a much worse problem with the planes, but planes are something at the time we didn't really think about. So that's another thing. When you're trying to look at everything, look at every aspect of the location, and including up in the air. And, and that's one yeah. of the things that um, came back. I don't know if you had a similar experience with anything with your neighborhood or what you did when you were buying your home. Well, yeah, and there you are talking about how you even tried to get emotion out of the whole equation when you were buying your house. You did a lot of research, like you said, and there were still things that you missed, right? And that's just the nature of being human, right? Yep, absolutely. You, miss, you miss things. So can you imagine if you're now emotionally detached, uh, attached to a house? Um, you're not looking at anything. <laughs> you're, and like I said, you're making decisions you wouldn't normally make just because I got to have this house. Um, you've got to detach that emotion from the purchase. Um, I tend to, whenever I'm asked for advice on buying a house, and I have one person in my life right now who I wish would ask me for advice on the house he's about to buy, and he's not asking me, so I'm not giving it to him. Mm -hmm. And I'm worried he's going to make an awful decision, but uh, we'll leave that as it is. Um, the three things that I typically the thing I typically say is you, you need to buy the things that you can't build. And what are those things? The lot. In other words, the lot size, mm -hmm. the configuration, sort of where it is, where it sits. Is it on the is it on the middle of the street? Is it on the corner of the street? You know, where is it and how big is it? Because you can't change that. Um, you, you need to buy the street or the neighborhood that you're in, as you described, you know, who lives down the street, how much traffic is going by the house. You know, what is the neighborhood like if you want to, you know, do you want the kids to ride bikes one day or do you like a, something a little busier where you can walk to the bagel shop? I have a funny story that won't make sense for the podcast about people buying, wanting to buy the house that we sold before. And there were people coming out from New York City to Long Island who wanted to walk to the bagel store. And I'm like, this is the suburbs. You need a car. <laughs> That's you great. don't walk to the bagel store anywhere here. You don't walk to anything here except maybe the park. Yeah. Well, now there's um, Uber, right? So they could Uber, I guess. Well, right. But like, <laughs> well, they wanted. To, they had this dreamy thing where they were going to like walk 10 feet, you know, and like pick up their copy of the New York Times and, and eat a bagel. And, and, and you know, it was going to be suburban heaven. But in any case. And the third thing you need to buy is your zip code. because And I put it that way, zip code, because that, that speaks to the school district. It speaks to the taxes. It speaks to um, sort of the general um, health of the community that you're living in, you know, and, and the tax base, you know, obviously funds the school district, but it also funds things like the library and the snow removal and the whatever else, again, that you can't buy, that you can't do yourself. Um, 
So those are the three things I, I always recommend that people buy, the lot, the neighborhood, and the zip code. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head, and I didn't even think about that. Um, I always think about proximity to, for commuting. So for us here in the tri-state area, commuting well, that's, to— Well, that's the same thing, right? That's the same thing. I mean, how far do I have to make it to the job? You can't build that. you got to buy that. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the other thing that I can, that comes into mind is around the the amenities, right? Beyond the school system, which you brought up a great point. My town tonight is doing a drive-in movie. They're playing the Avengers Endgame and they're doing a whole big to-do in this like 100 car, 150 car parking lot and they're going to hand out transmitters so people can listen to the movie in their car while they put it up in this big rented big screen. I will be there. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome to come on up. Um, no, I, if, if we didn't have plans tonight, I would come because that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm a super, and, and, I'm a super geek. Yeah, too, me too. So it's like, yeah, it's that's Star Wars another, and Marvel. So. Yep, Marvel and DC for me. And that's probably another podcast that we'll be doing at some point um, is, is probably bringing that in. We'll have to tie that into financial somehow. We'll have to do a Marvel-themed podcast at some point. I'm not sure how we're going to do that, but that's something we're going to have to take a look at. Um, we can talk about how I budget for Comic-Con every year. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we'll have to do it. So, But uh, the amenities, right? The libraries, right? Uh, getting to the library. Um, what kind of libraries in town? Um, we have a mutual friend that has a beautiful town that has a public pool uh, attached to a public park, which uh, is for the residents. And I thought that was an amazing thing, to have a community pool. I don't have that type of thing in my community, but we have – uh, a big, big park with a with a mansion that you could rent and a picnic area and big ball fields. So those are the kind of things, Jody, I think you hit it on the head, is buy those things that you can't buy or you can't build, right? You could always add on. I always joke that I wouldn't add on to this house, but we could, right? I could take the roof off, get the zoning passed, put a third floor on or, or expand out the back and eat up my backyard. There's a lot of things that could be done, right? But at this point, it's just something that, um, we're settled in where we are. We like where we are. So I don't think there's anything else we would do to this house, but you're hundred percent correct. You want to buy into the neighborhood, into the zip code, et cetera. A couple of topics I wanted to hit upon, um, for those that are new house buyers out there, and we'll probably do several podcasts, right? New home buying, first time home buying, um, mortgages, all these different things, but just touching upon some of these things, you know, picking a realtor, right? Asking around, getting that advice. How do you find that good realtor and where do you start? Right in terms of looking at properties, um, of course, everyone nowadays is on the is on the internet, looking at all the internet properties. Now you have VR type, virtual reality type technology. You could walk through the homes. Um, I know I have people, uh, friends of mine, that buy homes as investment, and sometimes they buy them in different states. Don't even go and fly to look at the home. They use everything on the internet. They look at the Google Maps and they don't walk through the home, which I think is a big mistake. But they do it. The internet gives you a lot of capability that you didn't have years ago. Jody, what are your thoughts on picking a realtor and, 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 and looking for property, getting a start to look at property? Yeah, we've um, I'm kind of split. Um, we've always had we've generally had good experiences with our realtors. So I'm not going to I'm not going to bang the industry. And look, the industry is under assault from, you know, all these Internet um search engines and websites and things like that. And, and, and those are all great for research. I do think you need to, as you said, when you're going to go buy that house, I mean, unless you're a multimillionaire and you know, money is no object, you need to walk yourself through that house. You need to stand in that bathroom. Um, there's no substitute for that. Even the best AR walkthrough on a computer is not going to be the same thing as 
standing in the bathroom and looking up at the ceiling or looking down at the floor and, you know, and you, and you see things, um, you know, I always, it's a little, little bit of a sidebar here, but, um, when I, when we, when I think of renovations and I think about what makes a house, the house you want to live in, I always think of the things your hands touch doorknobs, water fixtures, you know, sinks and, and showers, um, and, and things like that. And, and countertops, thick countertops make a, a home to me feel, really luxurious. Um, you know, you can get those, those big box store, you know, you know, vanity in a box kind of thing, you know, that are $99 and you throw it in, but the countertop is like three quarters of an inch thick and it just, or, or I should say a quarter of an inch thick. And it's just, it doesn't feel the way I think it should. Um, so standing in a home, you got to, to me, you got to do that. Um, I think a realtor, especially for a first time home buyer, I think a realtor is a must. You just got to have some guidance, um, I, but I think you need to be frank with a realtor. Um, I can recall having some really strong conversations with a realtor that I worked with one time and they were just, they were not doing what I asked them to do. Remember that it's your money and it's your purchase and you're in charge and you tell the realtor what to do. Now you, you should listen to the realtor's advice. You should, you know, listen before you speak. But if they're saying something that doesn't ring true to you or something you don't like, your choice, walk away. Um, you owe the realtor nothing. And in fact, the, um, the money that pays the realtor comes from the, the seller, the sale of the house. So you don't owe the realtor a thing. Um, so I would say first-time homebuyers definitely use a realtor. Um, if you're a little more experienced, eh, maybe you can, maybe you can't. But the realtor can make things a lot easier. Um, internet research is awesome. Do lots of research on the internet. You have all these tools at your disposal, disposal, use them. Um, but as you said, Paul, get your feet on the ground, walk the neighborhood, um, you know, check, check out the house at multiple times during the day. You know, how is it at five o'clock when, or six o'clock when everyone's coming home from work, you know, does your quiet street turn into a highway? Um, things like that. Um, you know, the buses for the kids and all that, you got it. You got to really immerse yourself in that, in that neighborhood and in that street before you, you know, throw a significant amount of money down. Yeah. I think you hit it on the head. And I, one of the things we joke about on previous podcasts, you'll hear a little rumbling in the background. That's my wife going to Dunkin' Donuts with my daughter. So in a minute you'll hear the car now and then you'll hear the garage door close. So we're going to work through right. that <laughs> technical. Right. Uh, doesn't, doesn't sound bad at all, but I, but I will take there a, you go. You uh, hear it? chocolate glaze. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, a couple of things I jotted down while you were talking, which, which were excellent. Um, you know, that concept of the, the thick countertop and such, um, we do a lot of watching of the of the HGTV shows in our house. And I think that's probably another little tip is get to watch those shows because you'll get to know those round numbers. A new kitchen is 20K. A new bathroom might be 10K. Depending on where you are, you'll get a feel for what it takes. So if you walk into a home and you think that you could deal with a little bit of renovation, um, you could kind of round the numbers up and figure out what it's going to cost you to make that home yours. And it's funny, my daughter was home from from uh, school the other day and it's it's so funny she loves to make these little crafty things and a long story short she's making a house out of cardboard with printouts from my computer and I go out there and she shows me and she showed me the kitchen which is this little cardboard box covered with a marble marble looking paper on top and wood on the side and my my daughter's like see and there's the kitchen with the marble countertop with marble floors 
and Shiplath on the side of the island. And I'm saying we're watching way too much HGTV in this house. <laughs> the fact that she came up with Shiplath just blew my mind. It just blew my mind. So future interior designer. That's, that's what I told her. That's exactly what I told her. We had a Home Depot design book um, that I gave to her. And she looked at it and she hit it right on the head. I bought the book probably in 1999. And she said, Dad, this stuff looks old. And she was right. The book's not from 1999. So, so she's got the funny. eye. It's just so Good funny. But when she said ship lap, I, I, was over the, I was over the top. But, but getting to know those round numbers, the thickness of the counter and such. And if, it does, if everything else fits in the house and, and the countertop isn't quite what you want, how do you make it yours? Right? So is a mild kitchen renovation going to cost you 5000 Getting those round numbers in mind as you're walking through the house, I think, could be key. The other thing you mentioned was the realtor. We had a really, I really liked our realtor that we bought our current home, for, you know, with. We had one issue, though. Um, we wanted to buy the home across the street. In hindsight, it probably worked out that we didn't buy it, which was fine. It, it all worked out in the end. But we had told our realtor, because at the time, we did not have to sell our condominium to buy the home. And in 04... Uh, situation was everything. So when you make an offer on a home, um, the fact that you don't have any contingency, that you're not waiting for a mortgage, you don't have to sell another home, that's very big. And if you could close fast, that's even bigger. So we told our realtor, we would like to put an offer on that home. We put a decent offer um, with, uh, the con with no contingency. And we said we could close in 10 days. Between the two realtors, it got translated to the seller, which was an estate sale, that we have this great offer, but but these people need to close in 10 days. Oh, Lost right. the deal. And you know what? The people that bought that house, was it was it was a much lower offer than we offered. Man. So, so everybody, everybody lost. Everyone lost. And and, yeah. and it was it was such a shame. But then the house across the street became available, which we're in now. It all worked itself out. Like I said, I don't know if I'd be able to live through grand scale renovations. The house across the street from me did need a level of renovation i don't know how that would have turned out but in the end of the day um, the whole situation worked out but that's another tip be careful if you're going to put an offer in and you really like a house write it down give it to your realtor make sure they understand that it's clear and in, in the terms and everything and even then it may not work but do what you can on your side to make sure the deal and your intentions are as clear as possible so that's Absolutely. another thing to focus on so um, but I think we covered a lot of great things in this podcast today, right? So we talked about, you know, the internet and realtors and all the different pieces, but kind of my summary takeaways, Jody, and I learned, I always learn a lot from these pieces, um, leave emotion at the door. That's very critical, right? Investigate the schools, the zip code, walk the neighborhood, look up in the sky, all those different pieces. And then my biggest tip, buy what is reasonable. Don't overdo it, right? You don't want to get caught in that trap of real estate mortgage payments plus taxes plus insurance when you add all those up a lot of people don't look at all those costs right really think about your costs when you're buying that home because you're going to be paying that monthly payment for a very long time so you want to make sure that you can sustain it even if there's a turnaround in the economy you want to be able to buy within your means jody what are your takeaways from today's uh, episode i agree with everything you just said in fact i would i would advise buy below your means um, you know, a bank will will tell you that you can afford um, everything that your salary will bear. That's not reality. <laughs> so don't buy what the bank says you can buy. 
buy what you feel comfortable buying, which is why there are theories about, you know, a house payment should be 25 to percent of your income. I think in the New York area, it's probably closer to a third to even maybe 40 to 45 percent um, just because houses are so expensive in this area. But point being, you hit it on the head. Buy what's reasonable. Buy at or below your means. Um, understanding that you are going to throw a, a lot more money at that home and don't get emotionally attached to it because, like we said, if you get emotionally attached to a real estate purchase, you're going to make decisions that you wouldn't otherwise make. It will cloud your judgment um, and you'll find yourself in that lobster pot. Jody, that was well put and a great ending to this episode. Um, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. Thank <laughs> you.